This is another episode of Flavor in Your Ear Podcast. A podcast about damn near any and every topic with no filter and zero regard for the easily offended. Everything you say upsets somebody. Please welcome the man behind the madness. The most important person with all due respect. Let's go! Your host and audio flavor maestro. My man. Marquise Edwards. This is your host, Marquise, and I am back with a special guest. This is Women's History Month, so I've been, you know, digging in all, all around trying to find unique guests uh, that most mainly are women. Um, you know, we all on the show, we talk about everything, uh, male-female relationships, uh, sexual relationships, how to improve, and all those things like that. So when I met this guest or looked for this guest, I thought, man, this is a, such a unique story and such a unique uh, version of how we can improve, uh, you know, male female uh relations and whatnot and uh i was just so excited to get her i was so excited to get on 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 the on the show and uh her name is amy amy riley if i'm not mistaken and i'm gonna have a great conversation t- uh, today about aphrodisiacs and i'll allow her to explain briefly about you know how long she's been uh, in the field how much she studied because she's the expert not me of course and uh we're gonna just have some conversations so everybody can be enlightened on it. and if you'd like to know more about this uh, we'll have some ways to provide it for you all to be able to, you know, further your education or, you know, whatever it might may be about the topic. So, Sarah, hey to everybody, Amy. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, just want to ask, so, a few light natural questions here. We know nothing, mm-hmm. nothing scripted as always. Uh, I was very intrigued. I thought it was super cool. Um, I said, oh, man, aphrodisiac, because a lot of people out there don't know what an aphrodisiac is. Um, so maybe you can explain, and we, when I say explain, just on the most surface level for those who may have never heard the term before, or maybe new to the term. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was funny as you were talking. I was thinking we should really dive into what is an aphrodisiac because yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. You know, even I mean, it is a new term for a lot of people, and even if it isn't a new term, people may not quite get what it means. Um, mm-hmm. And it does mean different things to different people. My definition, um, obviously I spend more time thinking about it than most people, but my definition is pretty broad. Um, you know, basically an aphrodisiac is any food that increases sexual desire. Okay. But I kind of, in defining what foods are aphrodisiac, I look at a, a whole host of things that that could include beyond like I eat pizza. I feel like having sex, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. That is that is uh that is your thing. But there are foods, you know, historically there were foods that had an appearance that people felt was sexual and so they declared that foods an aphrodisiac. Um figs are one of them. Figs? Figs, yes. So if you wow, rip really? a fig in half and look at it, you'll kind of go, Oh, honestly do it this summer just pull a fig in half and and look at it and you'll just you'll go oh because believe me when i first read it i was like thanks okay more obvious ones are like a cucumber okay can you believe avocado translates to testicle tree an avocado (laughs) really yeah 
I never thought of it. I never thought of it or looked at it that way. So that's me either. I that one. Always, I mean, you saw. I get, have to giggle every time I talk about that one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that's one way to look at you know of, of how it could possibly increase sexual desire. I find that a little silly. There are much better ways. There are some foods that can have an immediate effect on the body. There are some foods that have an aroma that actually can turn people on. There was even a study. Um, It was in the early 2000s by the Smell and Taste Research Foundation in Chicago. And they found that certain scents arouse men and certain scents arouse women. Um, Believe it or not, the scent that they found was most arousing to women. And they did this. They measured blood flow while people were asleep. Like that's how they figured it out. It was an actual controlled study in a lab. They found that the scent of good and plenty candy combined with cucumber aroused women. Now, who would ever combine these two scents? I don't know. Wow. Yeah, super weird. Um, And for (laughs) men, it was a combination of pumpkin pie spice, you know, the stuff that you use to make, um, like make a pie for Thanksgiving in the jar, the dried spices. Yeah, that, right, right. That combined with lavender, the flower. Those seem like two Totally different. So different, I know. Yeah, and those were the top. Oh, wow, that's that's. Interesting. I do like both of those smells. So you know, I mean, there's that. <laughs> um, we okay. also know the scent of women. Uh, the scent of women. Yeah, the scent of truffles <laughs> turns women on. That I have heard before. Mm-hmm. That I have heard before. Yeah. But I'm. And then there are other ways of looking at an aphrodisiac. Um, and I think the most important way, and the one that people find is most useful, and can kind of wrap themselves around is there are certain foods that have nutrients that support our sexual health period. And if you look at the majority of foods that were historically considered aphrodisiac, they had some really key nutrients that could improve sexual desire, could improve sexual performance. Do you you have any examples of the, so oysters, because oysters are the thing everyone wants to talk about, right? So it turns out, Oysters are a good source. First of all, they're they're like a good source of protein, which you don't really mm-hmm. think about when you're eating an oyster, but they are. Uh, it's also an easily digestible form of protein. Okay. Like as compared with beef, it's more easily digestible, which means you 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 know you get that you get the energy from it. Um, they are also a good source of zinc. Zinc is essential for blood flow. Zinc is particularly good for men's sexual health. Um, they also have some, they also have an amino acid that in a study, they, they, there was, there's only been one study on this. So it's a little hard to like base anything yeah. on a single study, but right. they found that the, an amino acid that, that is found in oysters, um, raise sexual hormone levels in rats. And, you know, we, we start all the human studies with rats because our, our biological systems are, are the same. And so it implies that, that it could raise sexual hormone levels in humans as well. Okay. So okay. yeah, oysters can be pretty successful if you like oysters. <laughs> if you like oysters, if you like oysters, super important. So, like, don't eat an oyster just because you think. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, of course. So, what made you? What made you? I mean, pursue more education in this field was it like an experience you had, or was it like you know one day that you just was curious? How how did the journey begin with you? You know, uh, studying about this. I mean, I wish I could say it was some great passion. Uh, it was a way. It was a way to make more money. Um, no, I was. <laughs> I was working as a wine writer, and I really needed to at the time. I was a freelance wine writer, 
and there wasn't, there's probably more, a lot more work now for a freelance wine writer than there was. And I just needed to diversify and find more topics to write about. This happened to be a topic that I found interesting. I, it was something I enjoyed researching. I like reading folkloric history. I'm also really interested in the health side of food. And so for me, it was just a nice fit of a niche mm -hmm. that I could probably get some work from. Right. So when you say wine writer, what does that consist of as a wine writer for those out there who may Sounds not know? Sounds good, right? Right. All right. Yeah. Um, so I wrote those articles that you find in magazines or these days on websites um, about wine. I was writing for a bunch of, you know, different publications. Um, some were very specifically like the Wine News, which is obviously a wine publication mm -hmm. for people who are into wine. But I also mm -hmm. wrote for Variety. The um, entertainment trade magazine, um, oh, they like to add, you know, little lifestyle pieces. And so I would occasionally do that. So I wrote for a whole host of different kinds of publications. So do you taste all the wines that you talk about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and many, many more. I've tasted a lot of bad wine in the name of my job and a lot of great wine, too. Um, yes, I guess it comes with the territory because I'm in Italy too, so that's why you know this is like the wine capital here, of course. Right? So, which wait, which part of Italy? What kind of wine are we talking about? Uh, this is we're in, I'm in northern northern Italy, okay. so but we have we have events here like uh, we have like bazaars for you know doing specific, specific times of year, yeah. And people come from from southern Italy, eastern Italy, northern Italy, they all come and just have different types of wines and stuff. So when I saw the wine. Nice. The wine writer thing, I said, oh man, this, this is perfect. Like, you know, it's, mm. I don't know, it's, it's just like one of those. My, my, I'm a little kid right now. It's like, oh, I'm so excited. She's talking about something that I can, I can relate to because yeah, I didn't silly. I didn't uh, like wine as much until I you know, kind of got into this region here. You know, now I'm in love with wine. I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially, compared, yeah. especially compared to alcohol. I, I just love, I love wine. It's, it's pretty cool. So that's interesting that you started that way and, you know, you just mm -hmm. diversify, which is, I think the aphrodisiac uh, topic is very interesting I thought I think you made a great pick uh thank you because you know we all eat things and like you said everybody relates everything to just to oysters and but the science behind it the study behind it when people understand things better I feel like as we as a society grow that mm -hmm. you know the more you know the better you know the more right. you know the better right and if you can help if you can help someone through what they eat you know yep. things that they probably take for granted you know yes. that I think that's a I think that's a plus so Yes. Uh, very, very cool. So can so can your diet if you change your diet? You know, do you know they have all these pills and all these mm -hmm. potions out there? Do you mm -hmm. think from a di a diet a diet standpoint that you can improve your sexual health uh, via your diet? Absolutely. I mean, to so I, obviously, I'm not a doctor. You know, right. don't take this as the final word. But absolutely, right. everyone can find you know see some level of improvement in their mm -hmm. sexual health or um, sex drive by choosing the right foods to eat. Um, for some, they're still gonna need a doctor, you know, let's be honest. Um, and for some people, just a change of diet can make an absolute world of difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, <clears throat> with that being said, do you have any, I guess, Little known aphrodisiacs outside of the, the normal oysters. Well, you said avocado, you said uh, fig. Do you have any other, like, you know, just unusual ones that people may not think of that may have some type of contribution to being an aphrodisiac? Sure. Let's talk about chili peppers. Chili peppers? Yes. Oh, man, this, this is getting interesting. Okay. <laughs> 
So chili peppers are considered among the best, the finest aphrodisiacs. And why I love to talk about them is because not only, well, actually there are many reasons. First of all, they're global. Everyone can get some kind of chili pepper wherever they are. Um, And they're found in cuisines around the world. Um, They're cheap. In most places you can grow your own. Um, But beyond that, they're one of the few foods where the effect is immediate. So this would be the kind of food to serve someone on a date. Say you want to seduce someone on a date. That's Mm -hmm. a little bit different than, you know, eating to improve your sexual health. Um, But with a chili pepper. I'm taking taking uh notes here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The chili peppers. So they, they, they raise your body temperature, right? A little more ready to tear off your clothes. Um, They make your tongue tingle. They make your lips plump a little bit, which makes you look even more kissable. Okay. Um, they may even like bring a little bit of a flush to your cheeks and make you, which, um, so, you know, there's, you know, have you heard the term of a sexual flush? Like after sex, no. people kind of have that woo look, it kind uh, okay. of, it looks a little bit like that woo look. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So eating chilies can really, um, they can kind of move things forward in that direction. Is so, so it's interesting because I'm learning here too. Is that the reason why they, I guess, uh, the, the the chili cho- chocolate with chili is that was that was that inspired by it? Do you know? Is that why? Because I, I saw it before and I was like, uh, I don't, I don't want to eat chocolate and chili, you know, unless I just like liberally love it. But so that, I don't love inspired? it. It's not something that I eat. I'm going to be honest. I know okay. a lot of people do, and that's great. I don't mean to invalidate your favorite food, <laughs> um, <laughs> but. So chili and chocolate is actually an ancient combination. Like the first okay. use we know of chocolate as an aphrodisiac, it goes back all the way back to the Aztecs. And what they were eating was, it was probably really kind of gross because it was really more ground up cacao made into a drink with chilies. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the whole idea of chilies and chocolate, Montezuma goes all the way back to Montezuma. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah i don't know i still I, I was thinking that you was gonna say something that's gonna make me like oh i want chilies and chocolate yeah. now but no i think i still i think <laughs> I, I, there there are many there are many other things um <clears throat> about those so about your book right i know you have a book i have if I'm not mistaken. many many books so which book would you <laughs> like to which book would you like to elaborate elaborate on because i like writing i i, I love writing and reading as well and so tell- my first book is mm-hmm. It uh, is actually still the most popular of my books. It's called Fork Me, Spoon Me, which is why it's the most popular (laughs) of all my books. I'm not saying it has the best recipes. In fact, I um, probably like the recipes in two of my newer books uh, even more, Romancing the Stove. And then my newest book, which is only an ebook, it's called um, Eat Cake Naked, and it's all about desserts, aphrodisiac desserts. And um, I'm really crazy about dessert. Dessert is my thing. So I really just desperately wanted to do a book about desserts. So you know those recipes are good, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's cool. So do you have like, you have, is it like, is it like a cookbook? Is it? So they're all cookbooks. Um, Fork nice. Me Spoon Me, though, was designed, you don't have to cook to enjoy Fork Me Spoon Me. There's a lot mm-hmm. of information about, you know, the history of, so I focus on 12 ingredients in the book. And talk okay. about their history as an aphrodisiac and how you could use them and um, 
you know, just thinking about food more that way. And then there's some information on like, hey, let's let's not just cook this aphrodisiac dish. Let's think about the setting and romantic picnics and how about a picnic on your bed. And, you know, it's right. it's, um, it's a text heavy book. It's an enjoyable read as well okay. as a cookbook. Okay. So for all my, all my lovers out there, right, yeah, this is another tool in your toolkit that you can use. You know, I think you all should get the book. I'm going to get the book because you know, <laughs> I think I'm, I love to have a variety of ways that I can, you know, help, you know, arouse a situation or my partner or myself. So I think that's pretty cool. So, if, so Amy, if you had a an ideal date night with your knowledge of aphrodisiacs and you were yeah. the cook, what meal would you make? Well, how would the setting, how would the setting go if you, if you were, you know, setting up for, for, for a prime day when you were trying to really, you know, put your skills to, to, the, to the test? You know, that depends. Like, it depends on what time of year it is. Hmm. Um, like, if it's a cold night, maybe in front of a fire. If it's been a long week, maybe just set a picnic blanket on the bed. Okay. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it all, it all really depends in the summer. I like to be outdoors. I like to smell all the blossoms and everything. So, um, yeah, it's a seasonal, it's definitely a seasonal thing for me. Seasonal thing. So I guess the master, that's the master mood. So what about doing, let's say maybe like Valentine's day, how would your set, how would your setting be? Valentine's day. So we, <laughs> We don't do Valentine's Day at my house. Like I am so tired by then because of course that's like <laughs> that's my season, you know? Um, but if I were to do Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. honestly, because it's such a traditional meal, I would probably do it at the table. Okay. But maybe not like, you know how every you you have your set seat at the table? Maybe right. I'd not do the set seats. I'd move the seats somewhere, you know, to a different position. Um, okay. Just make it feel different. Uh, put a tablecloth on the table. Boy, that would be something new in our house. Um, <laughs> just make it feel like you put some effort in, like you care. But don't just do any old thing. Like do something that the other person would enjoy. I mean, to be honest, if I put a tablecloth on the table, my husband would never notice. <laughs> so yeah, I've got to come up true. with something. If I lit candles, he'd be like, oh, we're dining by candlelight. Oh, are you sending me a message? <laughs> tablecloth would never... That would just be for me. <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> so, do you feel, I guess, when you gain your knowledge about aphrodisiacs and whatnot, did it help you uh, as far as in your own personal relationship? Did it help any? Did it did it give you a boost? Did it you know, did it add any type of flair or? Or anything like that, you know, with your husband? Did it did it help out? It's funny because he often points out, like, all you do is work and then you're really tired. <laughs> and, like, you're helping all these other people. Um, <laughs> but that being said, when I was writing my first book, Pork Me, Spoon Me, um, my husband was just this guy that I knew. And... Um, when you write a cookbook, you have to t- test recipes many Many, many times. And you wind up with a lot of food. And if you've made this dish four or five times already, you don't really care to eat it again. So I was being nice. I'd invite this guy over who I knew was single, didn't cook, you know, just an acquaintance. Mm. Anyway, um, by the time, you know, by the time I was was having the, the book launch party, he was my date for the party. 
Um, and then when I started working on my second book, Romancing the Stove, I, um, I got pregnant. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, it worked for us, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's, he that's went from being so. this guy who needed food to my husband, parent of my children. One of, one of those cliches, I guess. Well, yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, food is the way to a man's heart or something, mm-hmm. something, something, something along those lines. Yes. I think that's very, I think that's very true because as soon as I saw foods, food, sex, foods, that's, yes, you know, it's like, I don't know, we, us as men, we just, you know, hear about <laughs> food, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, so that's pretty cool. Um, That's very interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I, like I said, we are on script here, so I'm just more intrigued with all of this myself. Typically, how long did what it, like? What's the process when you when you're writing a book, right? And you and when you knowing that okay, this is what I want to do for my book. What's the process of the book? Like, do you do you leave a lot of things out? Is it just enough? Do you have to do? I know you say you do have to do a lot of uh, testing as far as like recipes right. and things like that. So I know it's pretty tedious. But what's the process like look like when you when you finally say okay, I'm I'm good with the book. I think it's ready for the public, and this is you know this I, I feel good about this. Well, once I get to the point where I feel good about it, then it has to go through editors and then they have to feel good about it. Um, (laughs) So it is a long, laborious process. And then, of course, you have to go through the design process because it's, you know, the look, let's face it, the look is as much important, as much a part of it as as really as the recipes are. Um, You know, nobody sells an ugly book. So you you say you do have editors, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that like a huge part of uh, the process with as far as what the editors? That's like a huge part. It's a part. Okay. I mean, I, th- I think there are you know the parts are kind of all pretty equal. Um, but yeah, yeah, it takes a long time to to make a book. It takes much longer than uh, anyone would imagine. I think you know, and there are. I mean, you can accelerate it, but then you're living, breathing the book right. for for that period of right, time right. yeah it looks like we had a uh, a pop-up guest here interesting <laughs> uh, yes this is this is zoned amy she just got in and uh she also is a co-host on the show oh wow as well um we've been talking about aphrodisiacs for a very long time <laughs> now so i don't know zone where she wants to come in and ask her questions however this is amy riley as well she lives in california and she it's an author of three great books about aphrodisiacs and uh, aphrodisiac foods. And we were just talking about uh, just some of the foods that people don't know about, some of the least common foods that people don't know about um, that they, you know, that they eat uh, that could help, could, we're not medical professionals, help, you know, with performance and whatnot. Oh, she, she popped away. Oh. Again. I don't know what happened to her. Oh, yeah, no. this is, it's okay. I'll edit all that out. <laughs> that's the glory of editing so I, I guess i don't know so she tried to get there but trying to explain her but oh. and there she goes again but uh yeah so zone zone and i we both i, I like to have a male female perspective on doing the show whenever we talk about you know anything male female related that's why i was excited for her to be here you know yeah. this time to ask her own questions from a female's perspective because i'm just you know i'm just a, a male that will ask you know male-like questions <laughs> uh, or, or not about things like that. So uh, definitely. So, yeah. So, Amy, back to you. Yeah. Uh, 
So you said the process of 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 making a book is extremely tedious. Um, and you so fork me, spoon me. What what's the other two? Fork me, spoon me. So fork me, spoon me, romancing the stove, mm-hmm. and eat cake naked. Eat cake naked. That's the one you didn't elaborate on. What what is uh eat cake? Where'd you get these names from? How would you come up with your names? <laughs> they're they're very, they're very creative. I I love I love them. I love the I love creativity, and I think that's such a an eye stopper. Of you know, like if I saw if I was in Barnes and Nobles or you know walking around, I saw a name. They were like, oh man, I, it would catch my attention. So yeah. how did you come up with the names? Well, I mean, my my husband says I'm just way too clever there too. He thinks I'm corny. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, you know. Well, the first one, um, I, I set the bar pretty high with fork me, spoon me. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. So then I had to come up with things that could, you know, could kind of hold up to that. Um, but fork me, spoon me, that was, that was kind of a funny story. I was on the phone. I was working with a publishing house at the time where maybe my aphrodisiac concept wasn't embraced so much. I had an editor who believed in me, but mm, things weren't going so well otherwise. And uh, I just got off this phone call, you know, this sort of phone call of you can't do this and you can't do that. You can't say this and you can't say that. And I just remember putting down the phone and yelling, oh, fork you. (laughs) And then I went, wait, wait. No, I have a there, book title. And, and there it was. Then yeah. there it was. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All it takes is one person to believe in you. And I, I think that's probably what, you know, propelled you. Well, to I wound up, I, I actually, what I wound up doing, that editor called me off the record um, at another time and said, you need to self-publish this book. And I'm going okay. to tell you how. And this was way before self-publishing was cool. These days, like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, everybody does it. No, nobody did it. It was it was a pretty uncool thing to do. Uh-huh. Uh, but with his support, I did it anyway. And it was a wonderful experience. It's a long, you know, it's a long, hard road, but it was a wonderful experience. Um, and, you know, I just kind of kept going from there. So, and that book still sells really well. Well, hopefully it sells more after everyone here hears about it as well. Cause I think it's, I think it's, I like, I like, I like, I love the process. I love the name. I'm supporting just because I, I love the topic and the name as well. And I'll support creativity. Aww, so you, you said that the eat was eat cake naked. Is that what it was? Eat cake naked. That's my newest book. That's kind e-book? of an experiment. It's an ebook only, which I had never done okay. before, but my okay. books have done reasonably well as ebooks. And so, um, and oddly I work, I actually work part-time in a small, in a job in sustainability. And so I'm okay. quite conscious of, do we need more paper out here? Do we need, you know, do we need to cut down more trees? Let's just try an ebook only. Um, so yeah, so it's called Eat Cake Naked and it's all about desserts. Desserts with aphrodisiac the, ingredients. What are some of the desserts? It gives like this a, a small sample of one of, one, of, one of the desserts that you may have in the Eat Cake Naked. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the book anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I want one the of my favorite recipes in the book. And I'm going to tell you a secret that you can actually get the recipe for free. It's on my website, which is eatsomethingsexy.com. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's a dark chocolate chunk cherry brownie recipe. Mm, so now what we did was we made it a double chocolate because of course chocolate's Mm -hmm. aphrodisiac Mm -hmm. um if you're looking at it from the perspective of you want an ingredient that's gonna you know actually 
help you actually cocoa powder is actually better than chocolate. So you've got the chocolate chunks and we use dark chocolate because dark chocolate is actually more aphrodisiac. We've also got cocoa powder. And then you've got the cherries, which add an interesting texture. Cherries are also historically aphrodisiac. They're red. They're kind of sexy. They're just sexy food. We mm -hmm. added uh, walnuts because nuts are great for testosterone production. They're just great. They've got protein. And then what we did is we took out the white flour entirely. Like, you know how everybody says, you know, white stuff is bad. And we were conscious of that in making this book. We wanted things that would improve people's sexual health, not just taste good. Um, huh. We put in chickpea flour. Chickpea flour. You never know hmm. it. You would never know it when you ate these brownies. Probably never. Yeah, probably wouldn't notice the difference if you didn't tell me, right? Yeah, probably. No, <laughs> they are so delicious. <laughs> oh, so there we go. So I'm gonna get all three. I'm probably gonna uh, reattack with you once I get the book and say, "Oh man, this was my favorite recipe." And this oh, was not my I can't recipe. wait to hear. I love hearing what people like. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I love, I'm a foodie just by nature anyway. I love food and if I can food, tell. <laughs> I get no, so excited. I mean, I can, yes, about. the excitement that you have. I don't mean to like some people like, oh, is that an insult? No, no, I mean the <laughs> excitement you have when you talk about food. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's, I think it's creativity, food and creativity are uh, prime. And this today's it's 2022, right? So, you know, like you have to be creative. And I think people learning the basic principles of things that, help them out like you said the chickpea flour because yeah. we we as a society we're getting more conscious of health in all areas you know not just sexual health mental health uh just all areas we're getting more conscious of it so that's why i like these conversations to be had because it's normalizing you know knowing more and doing better for yourself so you can't you know you can't say you're not doing better if you don't you know if you don't know better so knowing is have to have to battle so that's pretty cool amy i've I don't know if someone can hear us. I want her to ask some questions. So I ask questions all day. If, if it's just on, if it's just about me, but she might be still have some technical difficulties over there. I don't, I'm not sure. So, uh, what has been your favorite part of your journey uh, as far as uh, the just making the books and and gathering knowledge? What's been your favorite part of the journey? What's been some of your more frustrating? experiences I know with the journey I know you did say at first that the editor did well they didn't yeah. per se believe in you I know it's probably it was, I know that's probably a little bit of a downer but you know you yeah. persevered anyway but there were there any experiences that, that you highlighted that were your greatest experiences and maybe your least favorite experiences in the process I mean that you know just getting my first book out was it was hard it, that was a hard hard time I went through two public two different publishers before you know, the first one dropped my option and then the second one, it just wasn't going to work. And, and before, you know, it, I wound up self-publishing, which was very scary. Um, so that was definitely the worst. I mean, it also, it turned out to be the most wonderful thing. Um, actually, you know, when I think back on it, just when that first book came out and the whole launch and everything around that was exciting and fun and you know that that just that new beginning it was so wonderful right. it was really right. terrific i part i was able to partner with champagne perrier jouette on a couple of events for the book and and they were so supportive and you know it was this beautiful luxury brand that i'd always loved was like you know partnering with me kind of was this amazing endorsement um so yeah i mean everything about when i when i finally got that first book 
was incredible. I mean, I've obviously I've enjoyed all of my books since, but you know that first moment is always so special. So, so I'm, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, that you did get streamline a better process after the first book. You know, I said the oh, first yeah, book yeah, 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 yeah. So did it yeah. become easier over easier over time to of be able course. to? Which is that's what yeah. is cool. That's I guess the guy can do is learn and grow from the situation, right? I mean, I guess that's that's the yeah. best. So cool, 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 very, very cool. Um. My last question, maybe, maybe, maybe my last question. This may open up a can of worms. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know here. Um, <clears throat> so, with the whole aphrodisiac topic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who do you feel benefits more from aphrodisiacs? Is it male or female? Uh, or is it, or is it, or is it easy playing field? Because I know everyone has different takes on these things like that. And we have a male, we have a no male, female audience, right? Who do you think can benefit more from the knowledge of aphrodisiacs? The both, maybe males, just females, you know, who, or is it like a compilation of both? What's your opinion on who you feel can benefit from these? They always send us men are, we, we're the ones who need to improve. So yeah. I don't want to well, be biased, it's funny but because all the, att- I kind of get frustrated because like all the attention goes to men. Because mm-hmm. when men are having problems, they are very obvious. And when yes. women are having problems, they can hide it. And that's kind of, you know, part of what women are taught to do is to kind of hide our problems and, uh, and, and these kind of problems among them. And so certainly I like to be supportive of both. The issues are very different, but they're the same. Um, and certainly there are foods that can help everyone. I actually mm-hmm. on, I mentioned my website, eatsomethingsexy.com. There we actually have a list of the 10 best foods for men's sexual health and the 10 best foods for women's sexual health. Okay. Um, which is really worth exploring if this is what's, you know, of interest to you. I co-wrote them with um, a friend of mine. She is, her name's Delana Flagg and she's a nutritional expert. She started okay. out, believe it or not, as my intern and then wound up, going so far as to working on a PhD in nutrition because she loved the topic so much. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, um, yeah. So I know we all can benefit from it. So eatsomethingsexy.com is your website. What else can, what else can we find on eatsomethingsexy.com when all, when me and all the rest of our listeners uh, are searching your beautiful website, what's some things we can find there? Everything. You can find some Italian wine recommendations. Okay. <laughs> la la. <laughs> um, so I actually, it's, I work with a team of writers um, okay. and the site's been around for more than 15 years. So we have oh. quite a breadth oh. of content. Uh, I have a couple of travel writers who talk about, you know, places for a romantic vacation, um, mm. you know, give you those kind of ideas. There's a lot of recipes and believe me, most of the recipes, you know, you can use for your family meal. You know what I mean? Like you can get recipes, you can, but I also try to, in the introduction of each recipe, I try to make sure that we talk about as well, why this would be good for a romantic dinner or date night or whatever, or how it's going to improve your sexual health. Um, We have a lot of information on which foods are aphrodisiac and and why, both historically and from a scientific standpoint, the kind of stuff I talked about today, but way more in depth, um, the stuff for men's and women's sexual health. Um, And of course, we've got stuff on wine because I love wine. So yeah, you find a lot of, you find everything, (laughs) everything you need. It's all there. So so that primarily your um, media handle is eatsomethingsexy.com? 
Yes. So no, mine actually, so we have one for eat something sexy. It is not my person. Mine personally is of course, fork me, spoon me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And are you, do you have any social media or anything that could be, you can be following on or are you not, not really social media? TikTok I have to be honest, I am most active on Twitter. If you actually want to talk to me, uh, I, mm-hmm. I will respond. Come, you know, hunt me down. I'll respond on Twitter at fork me, spoon me. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I don't know if someone has any questions. She's just there. Just maybe just listening. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> can you hear us? Can you hear us at all? She like she just woke up. I don't know. I'm having. To, I'm enjoying the conversation, but I was trying to be a gentleman here and allow her to allow her to ask some questions. But hey, we can. This can go either way. But yeah, she's probably having technical difficulties. Okay, it's cool. But Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, oh, it's very spirited you. conversation. You are hilarious. Also, Aww. I love the. I love how down to earth you are and oh, how you. much much of a natural flow conversation we had. And I, definitely going to go get the book. I'll give you some feedback on the book as well. I look forward to and, it. And uh, yeah, thank you. Zonda, are you, are you there? Yes, I, d- I didn't know y'all couldn't hear me. Yeah, I'm we, so sorry. No, no, we couldn't hear anything. <laughs> uh, we were, yeah, well, I was asking Amy a, a billion and one questions uh, you know, about, her, <laughs> about her books and things like that. So as we were wrapping up, I know you Join the party a little bit late. Just want to see if you had anything you want to ask Emmy while she while we have her while we have her her time here with us. Um, regarding you know she specializes in well aphrodisiac foods, uh, and she's written three books. She has a website eatsomethingsexy.com, and it's kind of just you know bringing more awareness to healthy eating, healthier eating, and specific eating for improved sexual performance uh, and, and things of that nature. So. We've been having a, we've been chatting back and forth about all of these different things, uh, and I just want to know if you had any questions for her um, before we wrap up uh, that you were interested in knowing that we can you know include on the on the episode. You know, I did. I was actually listening, but I was going to ask when she's on Twitter, does she answer relationship questions or is this all about health? Uh, no. So on Twitter, actually, I I really mostly connect with a wonderful group of. Um, I'm, I have like a regular kind of group tribe that I talk to a lot and we're mostly wine people. Oh, I was explaining, yes, I started out right. writing on wine. Mm-hmm. I started mm-hmm. out working in the wine business and writing on wine. And so I kind of, that's where I talk to my wine people. But when anyone reaches out to me about relationship and food and diet and all of that, I'm happy to, you know, talk about that too. I, and I'll actually, when someone will post something like they made a guacamole, I'll like, you know, interject with, you know, avocados are aphrodisiac and then I'll send them more info. But yeah. yeah she's, also, she's also a wine writer as well. And, you know, someone has been here with me several times when I, we were recording and I had a, a glass of wine. So she knows I'm a, uh-huh. I'm a wine, I'm, I'm a wine guy. So she actually writes, uh, you know, two publications. She makes publications about wine, various wines. She says she has a hundred good wines, bad wines, but she's always saying, <laughs> you know, which is, that's the experience, but uh, that's kind of her background with it. So we were just talking about, you know, some surface level things uh, about, you know, what she writes about, what, how she became interested in the topic and also how others can find more information, you know, via her website, which she says has been going a long time. And she explained about some of her experiences and ups and downs with the process of making publishing her first book, which it sounds like sounds like a hassle, but it sounds like she got <laughs> caught the grip of it and, and did it. 
So just kind of giving some a little bit of a spark of motivation to those out there who may be curious about the process of writing a book, you know, and, you know, which is, could be hard in itself because I want to write a book, but I'm like kind of still kind of nervous. You didn't make me feel any better about that, Amy. I'm like, sorry, oh, I know it's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, I mean, you didn't make me feel any better about it, but I definitely you know have some hope that, you know, in the future I will be able to write about all my experiences some type of way. So um, everybody, please go check out eSomethingSexy.com and also uh, follow Amy on Twitter. We'll have all these links in the uh, in the show notes uh, when this episode is released. Uh, I thought it was a very fun live conversation. Amy, you're hilarious as well. I love the the humor you put in there. It's, it's a, I'm a fun. I'm, I'm, I like to laugh. So it's laughter is key to the soul. So uh, definitely a good time having you. Thank you for you know, bearing with me uh, with the time as well. Uh, we in two different, three different countries, uh, three different yeah. places as well, all together here right now. And it takes a lot to make these things happen. Um, I know everybody thinks that when the finished product comes, it was just super easy. So it's a long journey, just schedules and, you know, being on the right time is on cleaning up audio and all these things makes a beautiful uh, product. And I really appreciate you uh, giving your time and your patience and everything would made for a great episode. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank or you so night, much. as I, it might be. Yes, it's night for, it's night for me, but I'll keep in contact with you. Uh, and I'll any other questions I may have for you or anything I might want to add in, I'll definitely reach out to you. And you'll be the first to get the snippet of the episode after it's all cleaned up and everything before it's released. So thank you so much, Amy, thank for, you. for joining. And uh appreciate you. Of course. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that concludes our episode today, everyone. Um, as again, uh, please go out to your social media handles. Remember, support is free, extremely free. Go out, get a book, go out, uh, get, join a website link, uh, support those who come on the show because we're trying to diversify our audience here, you know, and do things a little bit differently here. So, uh, as, as you all can see, her, her topic is not super scientific or crazy. It's just really like some down to earth things. And the more you know, the, the better you can do as far as sexual activity, sexual performance health and things like that so uh, appreciate you all for listening uh, and we will catch you all in the next one peace out be out here see you later Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Please leave an honest review, subscribe, and share. Listen to us on all platforms. Follow us and ask questions on Twitter at Marquis Podcast Mailbag. Follow us on IG at Flavor In Your Ear Podcast. And like our Facebook page, Flavor In Your Ear Podcast. For exclusive content, info, special offers, and free entry into our monthly giveaways, send your email address to flavorinyourear247 at gmail.com to join our email list.
If you're anxious, we have a snippet following our next episode's topic. Peace and love.